And welcome one and all to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and if at any point during the show you hear a loud gunshot-like noise, no, no one's trying to murder me, it's just some asshole in the parking lot who won't stop letting off goddamn fireworks. <laughs> it's just someone in the car park being killed. Yeah, it's just someone in the car park being murdered. You don't have to worry about that. It's like, you know, it's really bugging me, and I'm recording, and it's like my job, and it's like, should I go out there and tell him to, you know, fuck himself with a sandpaper cock? That I remembered that, like, <laughs> oh no, I'm Canadian, I hate confrontation, I'll just hope he goes away soon. <laughs> Just thought I'd let you know that. I know the sounds in my house kind of become part of the show. Like, if you hear a loud ass, you know, ka-chunk, that means my laundry is done. <laughs> or if you hear a loud doodle-doot, that means the home theater system is done updating. There you go. As I was, I was saying to Joel beforehand, I, I bought myself one of those on-air radio signs to put out out on top of my door. So that if people come back, come home while I'm I'm doing this, they know to stay away from me. That's such a good idea. I I like to think people know that if I'm just talking out loud, I'm not doing it to myself. <laughs> I'm doing something usually. You're like, oh god, that Joel, that Joel's a bit crazy, isn't he? Yeah, He's just... always talking to himself about about Nightwing and Green Arrows and whatnot. <laughs> all, all day and all night. What the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> what a goddamn weirdo. At least he only does it at night when we're all in bed. <laughs> uh but yes everyone this is the comic multiverse that's the voice of matt if you couldn't already tell I, I i say if you couldn't already tell but i figure hey it's the stan lee method every episode could be someone's first right matt it's true it's true what uh what have you been up to my man um not really all that much been catching up on reviews doing stuff like that uh, a lot of reviews out this week a lot of big books yeah yeah most definitely it uh it was Mother's Day here, so I took my mother out for breakfast. I posted some Instagram pictures about that. Oh, that was nice. It was Mother's Day here yesterday. Ah, right. Yeah. From from the from the past future that is Australia. <laughs> yes, I'm in the future now. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's pretty good. <laughs> Trump's still president. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> truly, we are in the darkest timeline. But yeah, I, I took my mom to a new restaurant. And it was the weirdest restaurant, too. It was like, you know, we live in a small northern town. It's very hickish. I won't lie. I enjoy it. It's nice and quiet. Nothing important ever happens here. But mm -hmm. uh, this was like a nice, fancy restaurant with like, you know, a city quality bar and top shelf booze and everything. And yet today, because it was Mother's Day, it had a bunch of people in lumber jackets just all over the place. <laughs> And of course myself, who, you know, like, hey, I'm not an animal, I'm going to actually dress up a little, you know, to take my mother out to do something. And the food was the stuff you wouldn't expect either. It was all very multicultural, very multi-ethnic for this very white podunk town. You know what I got to eat, actually, for breakfast? What was that? I got one of those nice Cuban sandwiches that's like egg, ham, and bacon all kind of panini together with cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cuban sandwich is pretty nice. I, I don't know how they get all the Cubans to sit still long enough to get put into the sandwich. <laughs> but they're a delicious group of people, I'll tell you that right now, with fine cigars. That's awesome. The, the other night, and I actually told you that on Twitter, I had poutine for the first time. Yes, tell me all about this. It was all right. Yeah. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess if you have no cultural connection to it, let, let me ask you this. What kind of gravy did they use? Was it a dark gravy or was it a lighter gravy? It was the dark. Okay, because traditional poutine gravy 
is like mostly chicken gravy with a little bit of beef in there and the idea about that is is that you want a nice light consistency for it so it like trickles down and all your fries get a nice coating for it uh, so, so there's a, a science to poutine. <laughs> there is, man. Seriously, like, here's the thing. When I was out in Victoria, I had, like, poutine every day at, like, a bunch of different places. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this should be a show. This should be a show. I should be Mr. Poutine, and I should just go around and review all the different types of it. Did you ever, did you ever see that kid? He's really popular. He's he's from Britain. He's, it's, what's his show called? The, uh... The, the, the Pengris Munch or something, he basically just goes around to all the chicken and chip shops in the UK. No, I haven't seen that. He's quite popular. He gets a hell of a lot of views, and he's actually a little bit of a celebrity in the YouTube food and eating stuff game. And I'm like, well, fuck, if he can do that, let me do my cultural food. <laughs> you could be like Guy Fieri. I could be, man. I have enough Guy Fieri shirts. You've seen me when I spike <laughs> up my hair. I could be the Canadian Guy Fieri. <laughs> oh, this poutine's Flavortown right here. It's the bomb.com, I tell you. <laughs> oh, you could serve that on a flip-flop. Just a many other words. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about Fieri is? I'm sure if you've seen him in interviews and stuff... That's not a character he puts on for TV. He really is like that. Oh, yeah, he, he is like that. I saw a picture of, like, I think it was, like, at his house or his garage or something. All the cars he has, they're all the same color, and it's, like, that canary yellow. <laughs> nice. I, uh, like, every, every car he owns. <laughs> I was watching him on that Hot Ones show, which is, like, half yeah. talk show, half eating hot food show. And they asked him, what's up with all the fucking shirts you wear, guy? And he's like, well, when I had to go to the Food Network to interview for my job, they said, hey, wear a nice shirt. And a bowling shirt was the only shirt he had with buttons. And they liked him and gave him a show. So the wardrobe guy just kept giving him new and different bowling <laughs> shirts every episode. <laughs> so, you know, let that be a lesson to you all. Be careful what you wear to a job interview because you might be wearing it forever. <laughs> it might become your thing. It might. There was also some other shit he was doing. What was he doing? He was, like, signing TV dinners and throwing them out to a crowd of people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, that is, <laughs> that, that is height Guy Fieri is what that is. That's, like, that's, it's like he wasn't five, that was 11. <laughs> It'd be even better if he had one of those T-shirt cannons and he was shooting it from them. Oh, shooting TV dinners from a cannon? Yes, please. <laughs> I support the dinner gun. Hey, Joel, what are you doing to fight inner city hunger, dinner gun? <laughs> Just walking through doors like the freaking Terminator, hitting people with the TV dinner gun. <laughs> it's it's like Homer's makeup gun. Oh, yes. Oh, no, you had it set to whore. <laughs> Why would there even be a whore setting? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, everyone, believe it or not, this is a comic book podcast you've started listening to. Yeah, you'd be mistaken if you thought wrong differently. Again, God help you if this is your first. I was like, what do they do? They just talk about TV dinners and eating <laughs> Cubans? What the fuck is this? What, what did I sign up for when I started listening to this? <laughs> but yes, everyone, this is actually a comic book show, and we have some comic book news for you this week. Uh, the first one is actually kind of funny, which is surprising because it involves a show that was never funny. Uh, the executive producer of Powerless, we talked about a while back that the show got the axe. Well, apparently one of the executive producers is going around going, no, there's still hope. It's not dead. It didn't get canceled. It just got pulled from TV. That's totally different. There's still a chance. 
<laughs> and everyone in, just just face it it's cancelled yeah and everyone in unison was like no dude it's cancelled it's like no it's not cancelled we still had like three unaired episodes Adam West was in a bunch of episodes that's not gonna save it <laughs> yeah well apparently this guy thought it did now he, he made these comments before we found out later like the actual network came out and said yes it's been cancelled it's dead almost like they were trying to shut him up yeah yeah and I, I think this might have been a response from uh, that show Timeless that that I really liked it got cancelled and then because of the fan outcry and everything on like Twitter and everything it actually is now being considered to be renewed. I saw that. Yeah, that was that was crazy. It's always amazing when fan power actually gets shows uncancelled, right? Yeah, and I think that's what that guy was trying to do. He's like, come on, guys, rally, rally the fans. And everyone's like, no, please leave us alone. No, we've got better shit to do. It's like, you can only save one show every couple years, and no, we're not saving this show. No, no. More timeless, less powerless. (laughs) Actually, shit, I never thought of that. Both had lists in the name. Yeah. They They could only only get one show that fills their list quota. (laughs) We joke, but there probably is, like, some heartless network executive in, like, a tan suit smoking a cigar. Be like, ah, you know what the people like? They like fucking shows with less at the end of it is what they like. <laughs> but we can only have one. Because <laughs> if you get more than one with less in the name, people get confused. Now bring me my cocaine bowl. <laughs> And find me some lewds. Uh, sir, they haven't done lewds since the 80s. Oh, okay then. <laughs> uh, in further superhero TV news, we also found that this week, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has officially been renewed for its fifth season. Thank God. I, I love this show now. It's so good. Yeah, like, like here's the thing. I always enjoyed the show. I always, you know, stuck with the show, even after people dropped off. But I agree with you, Matt. This was the season that truly made me love the show. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, really did. Like, up until if it had gotten cancelled, I'd be like, oh, that's unfortunate. But now it's like, no, this show needs to keep going now because it's hit its stride in an amazing way. It, it really has. It's just amazing when you compare, like, season one to this season now. It's just a completely different show. Oh, it's night and day. And yet, if you didn't have those seasons to lay the groundwork, you wouldn't have the show as it is now. Yeah, definitely. It's, it definitely fits with that whole, like, Joss Whedon sort of how his shows are, how, like, the first, like, maybe one or two seasons aren't really that good. But once they get past all that sort of stuff, it like Buffy, yeah. the first season of Buffy is not very good. But once you get past that, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's all about laying down a foundation. If people want to hear more what Matt and I have been thinking about S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, be sure to listen to Cape TV over on the Weekly Pull Bonus and Archive channel. We've been talking about that one endlessly, and we gave a glowing review uh, just the other night to the newest episode. Oh, the newest episode's great. It sure was. More Ghost Rider. Yep. Here's my question, though. Moving forward to Season 5, what would you listeners like to see? And also, Matt, what would you like to see in the fifth season? I'd like to see him go back and, like, as we said in Cape TV, like, maybe revisit, like, Gravitron and stuff like that. That's true. There's a lot of hanging plot threads that maybe they couldn't do before, but they could do now. Yeah, go back to Gravitron. I forget, did they kill Blizzard or not? I don't think anyone's answered that question for me yet. Donnie Gill. Uh, What were some other... Oh, I mean, I'd like to see Fitz's dad in the real world now that we saw what a shit virtual Fitz's dad was. That'd be pretty good. Plus, that actor is fun, so you get to see more of him. 
I yep. mean, we've gotten a lot out of Hydra. Do you think they'd ever like try and cross over the Netflix uh, shows with this? Because apparently they work better than the TV shows and the movies. Wouldn't it be some shit if the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had to fight the hand? Well, we sort of already had like mini crossovers since those Judas bullets that were in uh, Luke Cage were in that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where exactly. um, Patriot was almost assassinated. Exactly. That's why I would kind of like to see even more crossover. Like, let let them fight some Netflix villains, maybe. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, I know it's like different shooting schedules and everything, but it would be fun just to see like some more crossover. We know that Matt Murdock and Daisy apparently uh, were in the same orphanage at a certain point. Mm-hmm. The Dogs of Hell name dropped all over the place. Yeah, that'd be great. It would be nice oh. to see some more stuff with that. But yeah, I mean... Future looks bright for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think uh, Matt and I can both agree. Yep. Uh, Sue, moving on from there, if you can't tell, I am multitasking in the background right now. One of my videos just finished rendering, and now I'm bamfing for time. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, uh, Maisie Williams, of course, we all love her from the Game of Thrones. Uh, She's been cast as Wolfsbane in the upcoming New Mutants movie. Cool, I guess. Yeah, I, I I like her. I enjoy Wolfsbane. So yeah, these are th- these are things that are happening, Matt. New New Mutants is chugging along. We, you will have a New Mutants movie at some point. Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those things where if if this New Mutants movie is successful, they're just going to completely ditch what they've been doing with like um like an X Men Apocalypse and everything, and just go with these people. Yeah, they're popular now. People like them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess that's something that could kind of work in your favor where it's like, you know, it's assumedly not going to be Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey, whatever. It's going to be like more mm-hmm. second stringers. It's going to be like the actual new mutants. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'd really like to see. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe they can get back to the business of like actually telling fun, cool X-Men stories. Yeah, kind of like how X-Men Blue is doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, everyone keeps singing the praises of X-Men Blue. For some reason, I feel like I backed the very wrong horse by reading uh, Weapon X. Yeah, X-Men Blue, out of X-Men Gold and Blue, X-Men Blue is the more comic booky superhero X-Men. Right. See, see, I haven't been reading it, but I've having I've had you tell me about it, and I've had the people on the poll tell me all about it. That you know, Magneto's helping the team out from behind the mm-hmm. scenes now, which is very reminiscent of shit he used to do back in the day. He also seems to have a time machine now, which seeks to beg the question: Oh yep. shit, are they going to send the time traveling X Men back? That seems to be his plan. Yeah. Twitch in the back of my mind, I'm like, please do it. <laughs> just do it it's really fucking confusing they can't do it because Jean Grey just got her own book ah shit well okay <laughs> and, and Iceman is getting a book that's right okay we'll send everyone back but you can keep gay Iceman cause he's got a book and you can keep Jean cause you need a Jean around but apparently you're not gonna bring back like original Jean because <laughs> yeah, because i mean th- th- that i think is the problem with the time traveling x-men literally only two of them matter yeah that it is like like none of them really matter anywhere else in, in the universe or anything so I mean, you're I, like like there's nothing going on with scott at the moment after like the stuff in inhumans versus x-men he's just still an x-men there's nothing well, happening he's, he's also the de facto leader of the champions if you've been up to date on that book yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, he's the leader of the champ, which which is even kind of funny. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, Scott got to be a leader again, but not of the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
See, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for champions versus X-Men Bluers. Like, fuck you guys. I'm going to hang out with my new friends, the champions. They understand me. <laughs> Our team has a Hulk. Does your team have a Hulk? <laughs> We're we're a youth movement. We're arguably talking about a lot of the same themes that the original X Men were talking about back in the day, but you guys aren't anymore. <laughs> yeah, isn't that kind of funny, Matt? When we stop and think about it? all the other Marvel books, got much more current and much more political and much more ripped from the headlines, except for X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, X Men that was always at the forefront of that sort of shit back in the day. They're not anymore, huh? No, nope. I, yeah, you know, I never stopped and considered that. That's kind of funny. Is that why X-Men is missing something? Because I know you and I and pretty much everyone else is in agreement. Even if Blue is good and even if Old Man Logan is good and stuff like that, there's been something missing from X-Men over the last little bit. I Yeah, I guess so. And I think the problem is like now with all these different X-Men books, they're all sort of telling a different story, but it all sort of ends up being the same. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I kind of chopped it up, and I think uh, like a lot of people chopped it up too to just general disinterest from Marvel, where it's like, well, we're not making movies about them, so why the fuck should we put that much time and effort into their stories? It it does feel like that a little bit. Like they're underthinking everything, where it's like, whatever, we just need a bunch of X Men books because it's like X Men is right up there with Batman and Spider Man and Superman, where it's like even when they're bad, the fan base is so rabid and so loyal, they'll buy everything even though it sucks. Yep. Like yep. when I was reviewing the Bendis years, which were not good years for the X Men, I know people who are like, "Man, Joel, I agree, this one sucked. I can't wait for the next one to see how much it sucks." <laughs> It's like so many people just hate reading and like hate watching and just like, yeah, wow, that was really bad. But yeah, I'll drop down my money next week for it. <laughs> it's it, it's very interesting. There's only a couple superheroes who I think kind of, what is it, live in that space of like, even if it's bad, I still need to collect everything. Yeah. But uh, moving on and continuing with the X-Men-centric news and the Fox-centric uh, news, comedian Donald Glover, the guy who's going to be, uh, what is he, he's, he's got a lot of Marvel projects coming down the pipeline, but here's another one for you. He's going to be spearheading a Deadpool animated series on FFX. Yeah, th now th this sounds interesting, but also it's like one of my fears like oh god deadpool is popular now they're just going to plaster him over everything yeah yeah the the oversaturation of deadpool is most definitely a fear but here's the thing i like glover he's a funny dude i trust mm -hmm. the project in his hands and i really like fxx too because of course they gave us archer and all that other stuff yeah they they're a good station they are although it's funny they really were only able to make archer work and make archer stay they had that show chosen with bobby moynihan that got canceled right away and then they had that other show cassius and clay which was like a road warrior comedy from the guys who did archer that didn't even make it to network they canceled it after <laughs> one pilot yeah to where I'm like, well, fuck, what is wrong with your animation division where you have one awesome smash hit but can't seem to get anything else off the ground? It's all, all the people behind the scenes. I guess. I mean, I, I respect the network because it means that we're going to be able to have a Deadpool who can swear and kill people and, you know, tell, like, out there stories. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder what the animation style is going to be. I wonder if they're going to do something like much in the vein of Archer, which Archer started off kind of not impressive, but like this season, Archer's animation has gotten really impressive. 
Yeah, f- first seasons of like animation shows usually aren't that good. Yeah, they need to learn it. They need to learn their craft and everything. Mm-hmm. But once they get the technology down, it could be really cool. Fuck, I mean, if they do this Deadpool show right, they could spin it off into like a million things. Oh yeah, totally. You could just you could build like a whole Marvel universe out of it on FXX. Because think about it, you got Deadpool, which means you'll probably see characters like Bob, Agent of Hydra, and Cable, and Domino, and X Force, and all those other people. Even Alpha Flight, because he's Canadian. They could do a whole episode where he goes to Canada and meets like Alpha Flight or some shit. Yeah, it could be really great. You could play around with all the X-Men and all the characters that the movies would never touch. Mm-hmm. You could have, like, a funny Quentin Choir. You could have, like, so much on here. Yeah. I Like, I'm actually super excited for this one. I, I genuinely have high hopes for this, and I hope I hope my hopes are, you know, not, you know, <laughs> misfounded. You know, I, I, I hope I'm actually rewarded for this one, and I hope it actually makes it to TV. Mm-hmm. Because, like, a Deadpool yep. animated series is such, like, a no-brainer, right? Yeah, it, it's it's something, like, that should have happened years ago. But I guess content was the biggest issue. Like, they couldn't do a four-kids version of Deadpool. Yeah. You you know what I would have liked for Deadpool? They, where they went, like, the Harvey Birdman route with it and, like, made it, made it, like, a talk show or something uh-huh. with Deadpool. Hey, they still might. They still might be totally outside the box with it. Yeah, that, because that, that that would fit Deadpool really well. <laughs> imagine imagine if there was a segment on the show where, like, Deadpool just reviewed comics that came out that week. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely amazing. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone, and this is what Spider-Man was doing this week. It was really fucking lame. <laughs> Spider-Man's a limp dick motherfucker. I bet he wishes he could swear like I could swear, only on FXX. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. I mean, there's just so many great places they could go. Do you think they would get Nolan North back to do the voice? Because he seems to be, like, the de facto animated Deadpool. Um, may, maybe. Um, I think they might be going with someone a bit more famous, uh, like, in terms of someone who isn't a voice actor. Maybe they'll just right. get, like, an actual actor. Right, like, I mean, I, I doubt Ryan Reynolds would be able to come on in and do the character every week on top of doing everything else that he's doing. Hey, he might. Yeah, I mean, he clearly seems to love the character a lot. Yeah. And I mean, shit, half the, like, the marketing for Deadpool 1 was just Ryan Reynolds going out in costume and doing shit. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it be funny, here's another thing they could do, what if Ryan Reynolds was just a supporting character on the Deadpool show? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like a cameo appearance every now and then? Like, Deadpool lives in the real world, he lives in our world, and he know Ryan Reynolds played him in a movie, so he's always bugging him and his wife, Blake Lively. <laughs> he's neighbors to him? Yeah, just to really just, like, you know, smash and destroy the fourth wall. <laughs> Yeah, or or like they Howard the Ducket, where it's like, no, 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 Deadpool lived in the comic book world, but then like, I don't know, fucking Sublime or someone threw him through a dimension portal into the real world. <laughs> and so now he has to live with real world problems being just regular old Deadpool. <laughs> That's the thing about a character like that. You could literally do anything and fans would probably accept it. <laughs> So yeah, uh, color me interested for that one. And uh, furthermore, on the list of things I'm interested, our last story this week actually involves Nightwing. 
It does, and a very interesting one as well. Absolutely. Stop me if you've heard this, Matt. In a dark, possibly alternate future, Dick Grayson has taken over the world and is leading a charge against <laughs> superheroes in a brutal fascist totalitarian regime called the New World Order. Yeah, so it's literally just injustice, but if a Bat family decided to do what Superman did. Or Secret Empire with Dick, depending yeah. on how weird they get with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I think the tagline of this series was something to the effect of, you know, Nightwing's New World Order, our heroes are human. Yeah, what it sounds like, it sounds like Dick has like, made some some sort of organization that hunts down super-powered people. The Crusaders. Yeah. Which and makes... then he, he decides to go against them or something. Yeah, now this is going to be an Elseworld miniseries, and you know it's an Elseworld miniseries, because in the little art we actually got to see from it, he's murdered Superman, and Superman is wearing his red trunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, this is like the return of Elseworlds. Yeah, which again, you know, DC Rebirth, everything that's old that you loved is new again. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you guys are doing more Elseworld books. Those are fun. You haven't done one in like forever. They are, they, they're amazing. Elseworlds is, is such a great brand. I'm, I, I don't know why it went away during the New 52. I guess they didn't want to confuse people. I guess they thought too many continuities and too many is like, no, this is an imaginary story would chase people away. I guess so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, it's nice to see the respecting fans and have to be like, no, 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 let's do this. Here's a cool concept. And not only is it a cool concept, it's a cool creative team. Frickin' Kyle Higgins is coming back to write this. Mm. Higgins, who I, I, full disclosure, I actually know him fairly well. I got to talk to him on a couple occasions. You know, I got to do a little promotion for his indie book that he did. I've absolutely been loving his Power Rangers from uh, Boom Studios right now. And I also know for a fact his time on Nightwing was not the best. Apparently a lot of his ideas kind of got thrown by the wayside, kind of got chucked out. But now he's coming back. He looks like he has a lot more hand, a lot more pull. And this is the story he's choosing to tell. Yeah, th this seems like a um, sort of like I guess like DC says, hey, we're sorry what happened there. Here is another Nightwing series. You can do what you want. Yeah, like this is like, hey, the regimes have changed now. No pun intended because you already mentioned Injustice. <laughs> the regimes have changed. Look, we're sorry. You have a lot of good ideas. You're you're basically a star in your own right now because people are eating up this Power Rangers book. How would you like to write for this character again? Yeah. And here's the other thing. Like, I still have Kyle Higgins in my Skype feed. I'm looking at it right now. We should we should get him on an episode to talk about this before it comes out. We we should. We and I think he probably would would as well. He he hasn't turned me down yet. So, there you go. It's definitely something we should look into. So so we'll look for that in the near future, everyone, as the episode comes out. We'll try and uh, get that together, because he, he's always had amazing stories, Kyle Higgins, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say. That's that's very much his style of writing, is very much like fireside chats. Like, okay, sit down, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. When I talked to him the first time, I had to eventually take it out of the show because, like, you know, it was probably a breach of something. But he gave me his pitch where he's like, and this is the Nightwing story I wanted to tell versus the one you got. Uh, awesome. And I'm like, oh, fuck, the one you wanted to tell is way better. <laughs> it's like, I know, right? <laughs> Apparently, too, Higgins fought super hard to get the blue back even back in the New 52, and they shut him down at, like, every turn. 
Uh, but it's back now. It's, it's back, back now, and I'm sure he's happy about it. And also, too, because this is an Elseworlds story, wherein Dick Grayson, arguably the most human, arguably the most relatable member of the Bat family, if not all of DC, has turned to the dark side. I assume no one will, uh, excuse me, no one will freak out because it has the Elseworlds banner on it. Yep. No one will be burning this comic in the streets. <laughs> that is of course unless people need it's, unless it's been so long now new fans don't know what else world means yeah and they're like well, they're out. what's going on it's Nazi Nightwing it's an, it, it's an imaginary story it's not happening it's what if <laughs> ultimate goddamn you Superman has trunks can't you see <laughs> means it's fucking different the, the covers we've seen from this look absolutely awesome they look like old propaganda posters but with Nightwing yeah. on them yeah, they look great. Like, I, I want to frame that shit. I'm like, hey, when can I get poster versions of these? These look great. <laughs> they look really good. Now, uh, we actually, ooh, we got an extra piece of news right here. Matt put this one in the chat right away. I'm glad he was uh, it, browsing Twitter while I was talking. Hot hot off the press. Li- like, literally, like, as we were talking, it it's it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> this, this shit never happens to us, but it happened. But Jeff Johns put out a very mysterious tweet wherein he said, everything I have done in comics has led to this moment. Doomsday Clock, Gary Frank, by Jeff Johns yep. and Brad Anderson, November 2017, and it's the Doomsday Clock from Watchmen with the Watchmen font, but a big Superman symbol up top. Yep, the the book is going to be called Doomsday Clock. It's coming out in November, and... It seems to be something that's actually going to be wrapping up Rebirth. Oh, shit. Or at least the first year of Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, This it's right. This does kind of seem like it's all been leading to this. Yeah, and oh, I'm excited. I knew they were going to do, like, another special, like, because I thought that was what they were going to do originally. Like, they had the first special, they'll do a year, and then they'll do, like, like a DC Rebirth special, too. And I guess that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, like I, I, I'm looking through the thing right now. It's, it's a bunch of things they're saying. It's not. It's not a Watchmen sequel. It's a yep. standalone story. Uh, ba-dum, 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 on John's partnership with Gary Frank about the title. Uh, yeah, I mean that's basically it. It's, it's all very mysterious right now. But uh, he's saying this will spin out of the end of the Flash number twenty-two and the end of the button. This is the next big one to look forward to. Yeah, and the best thing is, it involves Superman and the Watchmen and Doctor Manhattan. Nice. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matt's just like, well, I got everything I wanted, <laughs> and Joe's got everything he wanted. He's got a Nightwing series. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a new Nightwing thing written by my buddy Kyle Higgins. So I mean, it's been it's been a pretty fucking good week for Matt and me. <laughs> no, no reasons to complain over here. That was that was some good sleuth in there, Matt, to grab that one. I guess we'll have to rework the title of this one to work this piece of news in here because I'm sure it'll be the hottest one. Oh, definitely, it's literally breaking news. <laughs> yeah, we should literally call this episode "New Watchmen Series and More." Yep. <laughs> if, if people wonder why the titles have changed, Matt and I figured out putting what you talk about in the title of your episode actually makes it do better. Yes, there's a lot of maths that goes into it. We there, work out what, what works and what doesn't. There is a lot of maths. Ever since we've been doing that, the show's been getting like 1,500 more views every week. So we're, we're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, everyone. That was the news from this week and some pretty freaking cool stuff. It's nice that Matt and I were able to catch something actually as it's coming out. Usually we just finish and then the news comes across. 
Yeah, and apparently um, there's going to be more coming out throughout the week, so I imagine we might be talking about this next week as well. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's a good thing we do this yeah. show every week, right? Yep. And uh, from that, I suppose we can uh, go on over to what we read this week. Admittedly, I'm behind on a lot of books with Mother's Day and a lot of other stuff that's been going on. I haven't had a chance to read everything. I've read a lot, but I haven't read everything. I'll, I'll let you go first, Matt. Uh, yeah, well, I had Action Comics issue 979 this week, a, mm. a big, big issue. Cyborg Superman Reborn. Yeah, I was right, people. No one believed me, but I was right. Yep, Henshaw became the Cyborg Superman, and he became it in quite a way, didn't he? Yeah, they didn't just um, sort of do it like, hey, it's the timeline's now different, so he's now Cyborg Superman. That's not how it happened. Or that That's like half of how it happened. He still remembered himself as Cyborg Superman, but... He was human, and he wanted to go back to being Cyborg Superman, which is why he had the Eradicator, Mongol, and Blank take the Oblivion Stone from Superman's destroyed Himalayan prison. What a, what a nice callback to Superman, Lois, and Clark, to the Oblivion yeah. Stone and everything else. I'm like, oh shit, Jurgens, I guess you have been planning this this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really great pull. It's a, it's a hell of a thing, too, that new Oblivion Stone. It's like, yeah, it has the power to change anything about your life when you have it. I'm like, fuck, it's basically a retcon stone, is what you're saying. <laughs> it basically is. And that, coupled with what's been going on in Superman Reborn, how it's had a ripple effect over the whole timeline, it must be, like, really powerful. Especially do what it did to Hank Henshaw. Definitely, definitely. I love that Cyborg Superman is back. He's such a cool design, isn't he? I know, he's so cool. And and what's even better is that him and Mongol, even though Mongol's like the son of Mongol, but I guess he's not now because of the Ripple timeline and everything. Yeah, I guess he's back to just being <laughs> Um, Both of them have their memories of all that, like destroying Coast City, uh, all that sort of stuff. So these two are literally two of the most dangerous people in the DC universe. Mm, absolutely. And they even recreate that famous uh, panel of the two yep. of them together, you tweeted about it. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Mongol kissing the ring, basically. Literally, kiss the rings, bitch. Yeah, it was it was a great issue, and 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 then Lois and Clark were like house hunting. Yeah, which as well. I I quite enjoyed. I'm like, man, I love the Kent family house hunters here. I hope they're on one of those reality shows. It, what what I liked is how like like completely opposites everything was like they're they're house hunting while there's like all this like interdimensional beings and like eradicators and everything fucking shit up and getting oblivion stones and everything there's completely parallels and differences and everything in that that's what's called a wonderful juxtaposition is what that is <laughs> that's really good juxtaposition for all you writers out there you take two things that seem like they wouldn't work well together and then you make them work well together Yep. But yeah, that uh, that one was definitely a winner, I think we can both agree. Yep. Uh, now I'm trying to think, what did I have this week that you didn't? Ooh, I had Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number seven. Yep. The continuation of the uh, Parker family meeting the X-Men. And yeah, this continues to be like the best X-Men story I've read in a very long time. <laughs> really? What, what um, X-Men do they meet? Uh, the original. Did you, you watch that '90s cartoon, Matt? You like that? Yep. It's all yep. of them. They're literally wearing <laughs> oh, the same okay. costumes too. 
Okay, then. <laughs> it's literally just Jim Lee's X-Men. But, again, you meet them all these years in the future. So, like, Gene uh, and Wolverine are together, and they have a daughter named Shine. Oh, wow. Yes. And Scott works at the school still. He never betrayed Professor X. And he's, get this, a professor of ethics at the school. <laughs> yeah, Scott teaches mutant ethics. I'm like, that's so fucking good. Uh, mutant Hitler teaches ethics. <laughs> I know, right? Well, here's the best part. So there is a traitor in the X-Men ranks. There is someone who lets Magneto and the Brotherhood in. But you know who it is? Who, Jubilee or something? Yes, it is, actually. <laughs> Jubilee is the traitor in this universe. And the reason she's a traitor is she's, you know, she's young and she's impatient. And she's like, oh, you know, I hear Professor X talk all the time about mutant rights and when the humans will accept us. Well, I got tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. And Magneto and Emma Frost are trying to use Cerebro to, like, influence the mind of all the mutants to take over the world. So the mutants are down and out, so Spider-Man and his family need to come on in and help. And the only reason they were at the school is Xavier's like, hey, you got a super-powered kid. Public school sucks dick. Send her to my awesome private school for super-powered <laughs> kids. That way she doesn't have to hide her abilities and she can be, like, out and mutant and proud and everything. And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit of a commute and also your school comes under attack like every week <laughs> and, it, and professor xavier's like look look I, I don't deny our school comes under attack every week but like we win every week too <laughs> and we learn a lot of valuable lessons and all grow closer <laughs> and it's great too because it's like at the beginning of the story it was peter who's like oh this was awesome you know this is awesome you know i always felt like a freaking an outsider even before i got powers i wished there was an awesome school where i could go where everyone would accept me and mj is like no nah, geez man i don't know you know you, you go to an x-men school you adopt x-men problems don't you <laughs> <laughs> it's so true do we really want that for our kid and by the end of the book they completely flip-flop now it's Peter's like, no, this place is too dangerous. You guys got too much shit going on in your lives. <laughs> but MJ's like, no, nah, but it's like, this would be a great place for our daughter because, like, it's so much teamwork and camaraderie and they watch out for each other and everything. They, they still don't make a choice, but I thought that was really great writing that by the end of the story they flipped positions. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. It is. If you're not reading Spider-Man New Renew Your Vows, you totally should. It's like only a million times better than the current Dan Slott Spider-Man, which I'll also talk about on the show later. It sounds great. It is. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Um. Oh, I had Old Man Logan, issue 23. Haven't read it yet. Excited to, though. Oh, it's, it's a good one. It's the penultimate issue in this past live storyline. And uh, it's pretty damn good. They start sort of speeding up a little bit through where uh, Logan's going. He, he ends up in Madripoor and he's fighting the Yakuza. And then he ends nice. up in the in Xavier Mansion. We're not sure what, what time it is. I'm just going to guess like early 2000s right. uh, since he, he's just there playing baseball with everyone. Oh. And uh, he tries to tell, he tries to warn them about what's happening to him, but everyone's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, Logan?" You <laughs> have to. I, I, th I think. I think Bob even says, "Like you've been drinking too many beers, man." <laughs> Acting crazy. Has Sabretooth showed up yet in any of these flashbacks? No, he hasn't. That's unfortunate. I assumed when he showed up in Madripoor, I'm like, oh, this is going to be when he's Patch, and this is 24 hours where like Sabretooth comes back into his life. But I guess they didn't go that way. Yeah, well, he was Patch in there, but he just, like, fought a bunch of Yakuza's and then, like, some pickpocket stole the amulet, so he had to go get that back. 
Okay, so so that story they're referencing is 24 hours when he's Patch and Madripoor fighting the Yakuza. At the end of that, Sabretooth comes back and they retell the history of why they're eternal rivals. Yeah, so I guess that's maybe just before that, yeah. Speaking of Sabretooth, did you see they released today the deleted scene from Logan that references Sabretooth? I saw them, but I haven't seen the scene yet. It's a, it's cool. It's like, you remember the, the little fat kid in Logan who had, like, the awesome Wolverine action figure that I think we all had? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a bit where, like, Wolverine is still recovering, and that kid's hanging over his head playing, and he's got a Wolverine doll in one hand, and he's got a Sabretooth doll in the other hand. <laughs> and they're sitting there fighting, and the kid asks him, was Sabretooth real? And he's like, what? He's like, well, you know, a friggin' X-23 told us that, you know, a lot of the comics weren't real. Was Sabretooth real? And Logan's like, yeah, he was real, and he was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the same That's... program together, and it sucked. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I like that. I'm like, I, I, I wish that was in the movie. It does. It would have done nothing to change it, but I would have loved just to reference him a little bit. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't in the movie. Yeah, well, I guess the movie had enough going on as was. Although it did make a nice little thematic connection because he says, you know, me and Victor were in the same program together, much like you kids were all in the same program together. Mm-hmm. Only, of course, you kids stayed together and were friends and, you know, became a surrogate family. Me and Victor just hated and tried to kill each other for all of our <laughs> lives. <laughs> Plus, if you had that Sabretooth scene and that begs the question, well, okay, well, why isn't Sabretooth alive then? Where is he? Shouldn't, shouldn't he be alive? In fact, shouldn't he outlive you because he doesn't have any of the metal in his body that's poisoning him? Yeah, yeah. But then again, that's like, well, maybe that's another story they'll tell later. Yeah, maybe. Sucks, too, because I really wanted to see old man Lieb Schreiber show up, is what I wanted. <laughs> but apparently he couldn't shoot around the Ray Donovan schedule. Nah. But yeah, old man Logan is good. I'm probably going to read that when I'm done. Yeah, the, the the end of this issue is really interesting as well, because he makes it back to his old man Logan time. Oh, finally. Yeah, and he smashes the amulet because his family are there alive and everything. Oh, shit. Man, so... Jeff Lemire's going to be leaving this in a fuck of a place for uh, Ed Bresson when he takes over. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think we already saw uh, he's going to be fighting, like, the Maker and the Hulk... Or not the Maker, he's going to be fighting uh, the Maestro and the Hulk gang at some point. Yep. So either he ends up in the year 2099 or Maestro comes back. As I said, it's probably just going to be, like, history repeating itself. Mm. That would actually be a way, though, to get him back, because obviously Ma Maestro has his own time travel technology. What if Maestro just showed up in 2099, or it showed up in the Wasteland to try and fuck with Logan? Yeah, that'd be great. And then he just ends up hitching a ride with him back to 2017. <laughs> uh, what did I have this week? Oh, I had uh, All-Star Batman, number 10. Yep, I, I re reviewed this one as well. A wonderfully Alfred-centric story. Yeah, I'm really glad we kind of got like these backstory characters, a backstory of these characters uh, that are usually just sort of supporting characters for Batman. Yeah, totally. I mean, like the last arc was all about giving the villains time to shine in the sun, and now Alfred gets to shine. Mm-hmm, yep. We get his internal monologue, and aw, he calls Bruce son in his, uh, in his little flashbacks. He does. And we get a little insight into Alfred's youth. Apparently he was kind of a hellraiser. He was a raw British child, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was like a punk. He was literally a punk. He had the punk pins on his jacket, and he had, like, the big combat boots and everything. 
telling uh, the Bobbies to sod off and shit. Yeah, uh, I love that. It was so good. And, like, as well, the, the, the interesting thing was that we never really got Batman. But, like, we got him at the start of this issue when he's, like, chasing down Hush and everything. But then after that, it just turned to, like, Bruce Wayne going undercover as Hush. Yes, to fight a bunch of mobsters who were also pirates. Yes, led by Edward Thatcher's, like, distant relative who calls himself Blackbeard. So awesome. I love pirate history and lore. I love that they've worked this in. I'm like, you know what? Batman needs to fight more pirates. <laughs> in fact, everyone needs to fight more pirates. If I was in charge of DC, that would be the new marching order. More pirates for everything. <laughs> and they'd be like, man, that dude's got a weird boner for pirates, doesn't he? And I'd be like, yep. <laughs> But yeah, it was a, it was a really really solid story, and also a kickoff to a really interesting uh, murder mystery that Alfred mm. himself may actually be uh, be the key to. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely getting a bit more backstory on him, and I'm really glad we're getting backstory on Alfred as well, especially this particular time because we've seen him like in ones where he's like an actor or he was part of the army or something, but yeah. we've never gone back back this far. Yeah, we've never seen his like youth. Yeah. In fact, I don't think anyone's ever questioned, like, yeah, what was he like as a young man, Alfred? Yeah. What's interesting is they seek to imply here that he was from money, too, actually. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Because he's like, oh, your your uh, your butler has been asking about you, and it's like, oh, butler? So Alfred had a butler? He came from a family of butlers. <laughs> he came from a family of butlers. His his grandfather was a butler. His father's father was a butler. <laughs> and one day you two will butt, son. You'll butt with the best of them. God, that's got to be a that's got to be a sad history, but it's something I'm sure people would be proud of. Where it's like you know we've waited hand on foot of some of the greatest kings of Europe, some of the greatest captains of industry. <laughs> yeah, that that would be hilarious. Where it's like, you know, I'm not gonna be like you, old man. I'm gonna raise hell and listen to the Clash. I don't <laughs> want to be a butler. And then only to later in life, after becoming an actor and becoming a soldier and everything, he does actually end up just becoming a butler anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a hilarious bit of irony for him to be like, yeah, you know, I fought my destiny for so long, but at the end of the day, you know what? I like being a butler. <laughs> I get to wear a nice suit. I get to eat all the sandwiches Master Bruce doesn't eat. <laughs> Which is a lot. Which is a lot. I make a mean-ass lobster thermidor. <laughs> Everybody wins, I tell you. So, yeah, that's that's a fun story. That was just a good one from start to finish. It was. Yeah, what, uh, what else did you have going on? Uh, I had New Superman issue 11. Ah, yes. Keenan, what's up with him? Yes, Project Zero uh, arrives. Uh, so this was kind of like a Batman Wonder Woman centric, the the Chinese Batman Wonder Woman centric uh, story, where we find that the China White Triad has like dug up a, a prison, a statue of a guy who's been set in stone as as punishment, and he's related to Wonder Woman in some way. Mm. And we don't really know what, but they inject him with. A, I think it's it's kind of implied to be something related to Doomsday, uh -huh. um, and because of that, he changes into a massive, uh, what's that Godzilla monster that's like a turtle? Oh, uh, uh, not Gamera. Yeah, I think I think it is Gamera. Yeah, okay, I think I got it right on the first. Oh, so he becomes Gamera. <laughs> Basically, but Doomsdayified. Nice. And um, 
Keenan and all that has to fight them. And Ke- Keenan, meanwhile, was racing the the speedster Avery Ho around China because he just got his super speed powers when, when he was doing his Tai Chi with Master I Ching. And so he decided to go for a race with her and they end up fighting this monster. And then uh, Project Zero gets activated by, by uh, Dr. Omen's bosses since they're worried that he's going to destroy the city. And we find out Project Zero is an older Superman. Oh, that they had laying around because Dr. Omen had all those tests. Yeah, and they, they were really apprehensive about deploying him because apparently he's uncontrollable. Mm. So he, he might be a little bit insane. Wasn't the last one uncontrollable too, that solar Superman that killed everybody? <laughs> yes, yes, he was. <laughs> were, were any of these damn Superman controllable? <laughs> well, Keenan is <laughs> in his way as controllable as any uh, what is it as any teenage boy can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it sounds like you're digging that one still. There's also a side plot because uh, over the last couple of issues, he he's had run-ins with Lex Luthor and everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, Amanda Waller turns up and he's oh, like, shit. starts taking a bit of interest in in Keenan. He's like, I need to know about who this guy is, and obviously Lex ain't going to give her anything. So she has Harley Quinn break into his office and take all the files on Keenan. That's uh, that's funny that Lex hasn't shown up in any of the main Superman books, but he's been hanging out in that book still. Yeah, well, he, he's kind of like back to being like like CEO Lex. Interesting. He's kind he's kind of retired being Superman. That's that's a story they gotta tell that I'm chomping at the bit to hear them tell. How did the whole time correcting itself thing? How did that affect Lex? Yeah, well, it might have something to do with that Trinity story that was being told about him. Right. And, yeah, and if that ever gets answered about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. That is a whole thing. Yeah, I really, really want to hear that. Because more than any other villain, it's like, but how did it affect Lex, though? Exactly, yeah. Because he was good, and how does he reconcile the, oh, I was a good guy, to, I, but I just lost 10 years, and now Superman's back to being Superman, so I'm back to being me. Yeah. I, I really, really want to see where that one goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I have going on? Yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I had uh, Secret Warriors number one. I too read this one. Yes, from Matthew Rosenberg, the man who is killing it on Kingpin right now. Another book that came out this week that was fucking awesome. I was pleasantly surprised by Secret Warriors. I I was too. I I didn't really know what to expect from it, and I didn't really expect a kind of comedic book. Yeah, it's it's darkly comedic is the thing. It's like lots of really bad stuff is happening, but like funny stuff is happening too. There's the bit where you have all the Hydra soldiers, and you have like the one total dickbag Hydra soldier who's like, yeah, let's go kill us some humans. Human suffering is great. Only for him (laughs) to get hunted down by like a giant-sized Miss Marvel and Devil Dinosaur. Yep. Beat a Hydra guy ain't so fun after all. (laughs) Or like when they come upon the inhuman quote unquote internment camp, it's a concentration camp. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. They don't say it, but we know it is. And (laughs) Daisy Johnson, who is the de facto leader of the team and one of the few holdouts of the old shield, is like, fuck, we can't go in there. We don't have the manpower for it, and it'll totally blow my cover. Let's try and come back later, only for Moon Girl to be like, Hi, I'm Moon Girl. (laughs) Little girl, are you lost? No, I'm not lost. I have my big red dinosaur here. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then they fucking break it in, and then they find Karnak, who's all shitty, and he's just like, oh, God, they broke my spirit. We'll never take back America. I, I just can't find the fault in anything anymore. <laughs> like, you never see that guy with a broken spirit, but he actually had one. Yeah, that's definitely very interesting. And what's interesting is that this Secret Warriors team is comprised off of all Inhumans, whereas yes. the, the first one was just like Nick Fury, Quake, and like a couple of mutants and everything. Yeah, someone who is related to Ghost Rider, a couple magic dudes, yeah. Yeah. Yo-Yo, who actually, Yo-Yo shows up in this issue, but not for long. No. <laughs> Not for very long. It's it's hilarious, you know, we, we find out that Daisy, you know, she's kind of like a little brooding right now because her team was sent on, like, a on a trap mission, the thing, you know, mm -hmm. to try and stop them up, which obviously we can assume, oh, well, that was Captain America trying to take out some Inhumans and take out anyone who could possibly stop them. Yep, definitely. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but kind of tragic, too, that Daisy's team gets killed by the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, 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 I thought that was pretty cool. Which, wow, what a what a bunch of like lame villains to get murdered by. <laughs> <laughs> when you're up in heaven, don't expect any high fives. Who killed you? Oh, the, the wrecking crew. <laughs> it's a, they're like, oh, you, you get to go sit over in that area. <laughs> like if you get killed by like Doctor Doom or Magneto or something, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, no one could have taken him, but, you know. But you got some good hits in though. <laughs> But yeah, the friggin' the friggin' wrecking crew. I like this one. The big question of the book is obviously, will it have legs after Secret Empire? As a tie-in, I think it's a really good tie-in, and it came out at a good week because it had zero competition from any other tie-ins. Yeah, it was. I, it was the only tie-in out this week, wasn't it? Yep, it was the only one. Yeah. I thought it was very well-timed and well-paced. I think Matthew Rosenberg is going places. I don't know if you saw my exchange with him on Twitter, Matt, but I actually saved it and put it in the video. I said, you know, it's a, it's a tie-in book to an event. It's starring in humans. I know for some fans out there, that's already two strikes against it, but for my money, Matthew <laughs> Rosenberg did a great job. You should read it. And he wrote me back saying, hey, thanks. I usually like to take projects that have two strikes against it. Basically saying, hey, if people come in with low expectations and I do a good job, I'll look like a fucking god. And he did. Yeah, it was a great book. Yeah, where it's like, hey, do a do a Kingpin miniseries where he doesn't really do anything super. He did, and it's great. <laughs> hey, do a new Secret Warriors book that's nothing but in humans. Yep, got it. <laughs> Can't stop me now because I'm having a good, good time. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the, the, there's a surprising one, everybody. Yeah, it was really good. If you were on the fence about Secret Warriors, I think we can agree. Check it out. You'd like it. Mm. Uh, now, what else did you have? I think I only have, like, one more that I've read. I had a very slow week this week. Yeah, I've only got two more that I've read. I, um, I had Star Wars Screaming Citadel issue oh, one. Oh, yes. The big Dr. Afra Luke crossover, right? Yeah. And I, I can explain it in two words. Sith vampires. Oh, shit. I hope you use that as the title of your video, Sith vampires. I think I used, like, space vampires or something. That works, um, too. Uh, but, yeah, this was this was very much inspired by um, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm -hmm. uh, this issue. Um, it had a very big horror feel to it. So it's basically Aphra comes to Luke because she needs help. In her solo series, she's just gotten hold of a... Um, a crystal that has like a force ghost AI thing in it. It's really weird. What's in it? And 
yeah, and she, and she needs a someone powerful in the force to o- open it and activate it. And she knows of this queen that has a old Jedi master, mm-hmm. or, or apparently, and if she if that queen finds something interesting, if you present her with something interesting, she will give you a kind of like an appointment with her and you can ask a favor of her very and with a vampire and shit yeah and she wants luke to help her because luke's a jedi and she sort of cons him into doing it by saying no i'm gonna be going after a old jedi master you want to learn how to be a jedi don't you <laughs> sort of cons him into it and everything and they end up going off to this planet and they end up going to like this masquerade ball and everything yes. and and we find this queen and she's got like a bunch of like sith or like what I assume a Sith, or they're probably not. They're probably like some sort of Force user. Um, who they all look like death. They they're like they <laughs> they all look like vampires and everything. There's like one who's in like big set of armor with a lightsaber and everything. One's like a one looks like um Palpatine Ooh. and everything. And we find out that they like suck the life force from the people on the planet. <laughs> Somehow they like they like suck it from them and and are able to live for a long time. That's and wicked. yeah, th- that that's basically it. They they invite Luke and Afra to stay with them, and I guess they they plan on on eating them. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just got done saying there where it's like, yeah, you know what? Batman needs more pirates. Star Wars needs more vampires. Apparently, that, it it's really good. I'm really glad they're going like with the horror theme of it because they've re- barely done any horror in Star Wars, and it it fits so well. There was horror in Star Wars for a bit there. We all remember the zombies that they had. Remember all the freaking Star Wars zombies? Yeah, the death troopers and everything, yeah. Yeah. So now they're slowly but surely bringing back vampires. Zombies, I'm sure, cannot (laughs) be far behind. No, well, that's the thing. Like, the people of the planet look like zombies because they've been, like, fed on. So they're all, like, gaunt and everything and reaching out for people and everything. It looks really cool. Nice. That, sa- that sounds like a real winner. Once again, Matt, telling you what you need to know about all the new Star Wars stuff. Yeah, Star- the new Star Wars stuff's been so good. Yeah, they, re- they really haven't had a bad book, have they? No, they haven't. Everything's been pretty friggin' tight. Uh, the other big book I read this week was, of course, Titans number 11, the beginning of the Lazarus Contract. Yes, I read this one as well. Yeah, this this brought everything together from all the Titans books and Deathstroke and everything else. In fact, the book focuses on Deathstroke probably more than it does any other character, and it literally picks up with him moments after Deathstroke 18 ended. Yeah, so I, I didn't read that, but I know what's been happening. He's like was blinded, and then he got his sight back and everything. Yeah, he, he gets it very quickly in this. Yeah, we gave you a coronary, or a coronary transplant. Corneous. <laughs> fuck me, I can't say words. Yeah, eye transplant. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they gave him some fucking eyes. I tried to be all smart and shit, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave him new eyes, and it's funny. He's in the hospital because his son Jericho beat the shit out of him at his wedding because he assumed his father killed his fiance. But Slade's like, no, 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 I didn't kill your fiance. I was just having sex with her. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make it better. In my world, it does. <laughs> and Destro comes to this realization where he's like, man, when did my life go to shit? When did things get so bad for me? I think it was when my son Grant died fighting the Teen Titans. Yeah, all those years ago. So I'm going to kidnap Kid Flash, or Flash, and and use his powers, use his speed force to go back in time. Yeah, he tries to make Wally into his own personal time machine. 
Yeah, and when Wally won't help him, he gets the other Wally. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll fucking kill this kid then if you don't do it, which is hilarious because, you know, we get to see a side of Deathstroke we don't normally see in this book. He's desperate. He actually pleads for Flash's help, saying, like, look, do this thing for me. Save my one son, and in return, I swear to you, I will kill no more forever. Yeah, I'll stop being Deathstroke. I'll essentially stop being Deathstroke, and that, for Wally, is pretty huge, where it's like, whoa, I could take one of the worst supervillains, the Titan, Teen Titans' arch nemesis, essentially, and I could turn him into a good guy, more or less, by getting him to not kill, but he also reads on the Riot Act of, like, you know, Speed Force isn't meant to be used this way, messing with time is a very dangerous prospect, just look at Flash this season. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> Do you not watch enough CW shows, uh, Deathstroke? Don't you know how bad this can go? <laughs> you could have a shitty time remnant running around and no one likes it because it was really <laughs> predictable and Destro's like I don't care if you don't do this for me I'll kill this other kid which is a wonderful way to start your new life of not murdering people by threatening to murder someone else <laughs> he's such a bastard Slade I love him to death yeah, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too that it's like, wow, so we're actually going to be getting another time travel, maybe even universe hopping story not long after the button. Yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting. And also, I know like uh, I had someone tell me they met like in the Rebirth book or something on the Flash Rebirth, but this is kind of the first real time that both Wally Wests have actually met with each other and talked with each other. Yes, they met in costume, but to my knowledge, they didn't know each other's names. Now they do, yeah. and now Wally 2 is like, wait, you're Wally West too? But I thought I was Wally West. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, like, will, will the pre-Flashpoint Wally, if he touches this other Wally, will something happen? Will, like, the universe explode? No, will that Wally start remembering stuff about him, like how he was touching the other Titans and everything, and they'd remember who he was? That would be something. I imagine the same will probably happen for Deathstroke and maybe even Jericho, because if you've been reading mm. the Deathstroke book, we got some flashbacks of Jericho in his Teen Titans era costume. Mm-hmm, yep. So maybe he tried to be a Titan at some point, but it didn't work out when they found out who his father is. There's a lot of really interesting places they could go, and it builds a very compelling backbone for, like, the history of the DC Universe in this redone time. Mm-hmm, yep. Should be good. Also, too, you know, we also kind of know how this ends because we've seen solicitations for future Deathstroke stories, and he's a good guy now and has started his own team of Titans. Yeah. <laughs> where, where Wally 2 and Terra are both members. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. Makes me wonder, will Wally 2 have a falling out with the superhero community on his team being like, hey, you know, you guys lied to me about who I was and what my place was. I'm going to go join Slade's team now. Hey, it'd be a great great way to get Superboy onto the Teen Titans. Oh, shit. Well, hey, hey, John, guess what? We have an opening. <laughs> <laughs> we could use you, buddy. Come on. Watch, well, I liked in Super Sons, Damien made fun of us. Like, you couldn't even join the Teen Titans, John. You're not even a teen yet. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be at least 13 to join, jerk. <laughs> Plus, we already got Aqualad on. I think it's more like, well, Kid Flash is out. Aqualad, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Suit up, buddy. You're on the you're on the team now, man. But yeah, it, it was mostly a setup issue, but it was a really good setup issue. 
Yeah, I'm glad they didn't they didn't dick around or anything. They just told you what was happening. No, they they wasted little time. It's also a book where I think it's really rewarding if you've read all the other Titans related books reading into this, but if you haven't, uh it gets you up to speed very quickly. Yeah, cuz I I haven't been reading Teen Titans or Deathstroke, but I knew what was happening. Yeah, it tells you pretty much everything you need to know. And plus you know me, so if you have a question, you can just ask me exactly what the fuck's going on with it but uh yes i mean i guess that's it for us huh that's all the books for this week pretty much yeah yeah it was a a little shorter show than usual but hey you know what next week guys matt and i will have had a chance to play injustice 2 around Mm -hmm. this time so keep your eyes open sunday night because we'll probably be streaming yeah definitely i know i'm probably going to be streaming when i go and get it i'll probably do some uh, Twitch streams for the the story mode or something. Nice, nice. I, you know, the internet is just rife with spoilers now to where I'm just like, God damn it. But on other hands, I'm like, ooh, that's nice to know. Yeah, yeah, they're rife with spoilers. That, that, that made me mad as well because they contradict the comics. I know. We'll have to talk about that more in depth when we actually start playing. It'll be like a half gameplay session, half like fan Q&A and talking about the story and stuff. Yeah, and I'm going to be deferring to you because out of the two of us, you are the injustice uh, expert. <laughs> so uh, definitely look forward to that. Everyone should uh, should be some good shit. Yeah, and on that note, I think we can start wrapping the show down for tonight. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week for some more fun stuff. As always, if you want to carry this show around with you, download it and such, you can do so over on the Comic Multiverse SoundCloud page. You can find this show. You can find Kate TV and any other weird audio shit that I decide to upload. If you want to <laughs> listen to the show first, you can become a patron. They usually get it around midnight Sunday night. Mm-hmm. that's always good you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month uh, every little bit goes a long way and i know many of you already have and matt and i thank you deeply for that definitely you're helping out greatly totally especially in these trying youtube times uh what do you got going on matt over on fortress of solitude anything in particular um well i'm finishing up some of my video series very soon so I'm, i've got a new one starting up and it's star wars related so definitely keep an eye out for that. Oh, yes. I think I saw you tweet about that because you did your Superman in media. Yes, that actually finishes uh, whenever Supergirl finishes. <laughs> nice, nice. That's that, that that's pretty good timing, ain't it? Yep. So, yeah, on that note, everyone, I think I'll bring this show to a close. Thank you for listening. And, you know, you can catch us next time. Same Comic Multiverse time, same Comic Multiverse channel, which is my channel, the Cape Joel channel. <laughs> Hashtag Cape Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. See ya.